every morning. Arabile Gomede and Nastasia Aronsa on Classic Business. Breakfast with MoneyWeb. It's eight minutes after seven and to take us through the market performance and what he expects for the rest of the week is Michael Traherne, who's a portfolio manager at Vestec Asset Management. Michael, thanks so much for your time. I'm going to start off this way. Have you read A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens? I got to the first page and then when it was one sentence, then I, <laughs> I put the book down. Was that back in high school? No, I was uh, I was trying to look intellectual for a girl <laughs> I was uh, going after, but uh, needless to say, it didn't work out. So here's this one sentence that um, Michael is referring to. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. And so it goes on for another probably 15 more words until um, it comes to the conclusion we were all going direct the other way. The reason I bring this up is that on the one side, you have China-US relations, which could actually work out if they reach a deal before that deadline and on the other side of the world you have brexit that is not going according to plan and you had um bank of england mark carney saying that look we're running out of time and this could actually bring on to well unleash an economic shock and we are 45 days before the possibility of it and markets like the idea that u.s china trade relations could be going really well how are you looking at that situation? Because right now I'm, it brought to me a tale of two cities where things are going the other way on either side. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the one thing markets were worried about was that March 1st deadline that was looming. Uh, it, it doesn't look like, and it didn't look like uh, they were going to reach an agreement before then. But uh, Trump's saying as long as we've made enough progress, mm-hmm. he's happy to push that uh, the deadline out. And that's the uh, one thing that the market really responded to yesterday, uh, saying that it's not the end of the world if March 1st comes and goes and there's no trade agreement, as long as progress is being made. And it does look like progress is being made. Uh, further talks happening uh, tomorrow and uh, uh, Friday between very senior members. Uh, members of both both countries. Um, but then when you, you have a look at Brexit, I mean, someone was uh, putting things into perspective. The UK is will be the fifth biggest uh, economy in the world once they leave the, the EU. Um, and that's actually quite small when you compare it to the top three, which are US, China, and then EU, quite a uh, distant third. So yeah, as long as the first two countries there are, are on t- talking terms, I think that's what the focus needs to be on. And uh, Brexit will come and go and hopefully not cause too much uh, disturbance. All right. Yesterday's market performance, what did you make of it? Yeah, it's again positivity coming through globally. Um, there's been a lot of concern, one around um, the trade talks, which it looks like they're going in the right direction. And then the other one was what's happening with the U.S. shutdown. Um, and over the weekend, politicians were saying, we're not talking to the other side, they're being unreasonable. Um, and then we came into this trading week where it looked like there was a potential deal. And then yesterday, uh, Donald Trump saying uh, they've reached an agreement in principle. And even though he doesn't like it, he'll probably sign it because it's better than having a shutdown uh, happen again. So Mark's very happy about that. Uh, and that's just general positivity coming through uh, on the back of uh, still the Fed going to be keeping interest rates lower for longer.
Right. And in terms of company news, there was SPA that caught my attention and then EOH and that share price uh, drop that I think caught everybody by surprise. What did you make of those two companies' uh, events? Yeah, so SPA backing the, the retailers trend where uh, instead of having a trading update, which is worse than everyone expected, or the trading update was much better than expected, and the stock was up almost 6% yesterday. Um, they're saying that revenue up 8.2%. But that's the number that you really want to look at is what's their like-for-like looking uh, doing. So uh, like-for-like sales up 3.8%. But if you focus just on the South African part, uh, like-for-like up 7.6% on inflation of 1.4%. Because mm. uh, normally uh, sometimes you have a very high inflation number and then your like-for-like is actually lower than the inflation number. You haven't gone anywhere. In this case, they've done very well. Um, uh, saying that uh, a lot of the growth coming through selling more booze. Up, uh, there is spa <laughs> liquor, or what's, I think they call it tops, eh? Yes. Selling 19% more this year than they did last year. So I don't know if that's an indication of what's happening on the ground. Uh, no electricity, we're going to drink. <laughs> did you just say they call it spa, you think? Have you never been to a tops? Uh, for a certain banking product, <laughs> you have to go to a certain uh, store that's uh, got their own liquor store, which isn't Tops. Ah. So I go to the other one. Ah, okay. You yes. are racking up those points, I see, huh? 15% back every time I swipe. It gives me good reason to drink wine, Arabile. Yeah, up yeah. 19%, which is very impressive. Uh, the Irish operations doing really well. I don't know if you remember when they bought the Irish operations, uh, Ireland was part of what they called the pigs back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and management timed that perfectly. They bought on the bottom, and that operation's done really well. So SPA ups 5% when all the other retailers are struggling. EOH doesn't seem to catch a break, at least last year or so. So they are trying to save their Microsoft contract. And as a result of their send statement that they published yesterday, that share price uh, closed a little low. Yeah, what was worrying is the share price was down 30%. And then there was a SENS announcement later in the day. Um, and it's all on, apparently Microsoft let them know on Friday last week already that uh, they're cancelling uh, the sale agreement. EOH saying it's only 10 million rands worth of profits, which is still significant, but it's not overly significant. I think the market's saying to you, what is the reason that they cancelled? Is there something sinister behind it that uh, you guys, uh, that Microsoft's worried about and that that might come back to, to buy shareholders? Um, you remember that... Uh, was it? I think it's October 2016. EOH was at 170 rand a share. It's not 19 rand a share. And what triggered it all was rumors of impropriety between EOH and government. Yeah. And that just led a snowball. I mean, EOH growth strategy was to use their stock to go buy companies. Yeah. As soon as your stock stops going up, then you can't buy companies and your whole business model uh, is down, is not doing so well. I mean, I'm wondering about Stephen Van Collar, the new CEO, when he jumps from MTN, which had issues, now he's at EOH and he's got more issues. I'm wondering if he thinks he should have stayed at MTN. Or just taken, I don't know, a sabbatical for about a, uh, a short while. But nonetheless, we still have Michael Traherd with us throughout the show. Uh, let's have a look at those unemployment numbers uh, that eased, mar- eased rather marginally to 27.1% in the fourth quarter. This is Lara Hodes.